welcome to episode number 26 of the Solo Women RV podcast, formerly known as Travels with Squeaky. I'm your host, Kathy Belge. This is a podcast for solo women RVers, campers, and van lifers, and those who love them. This week, we're going to be talking all about staying healthy and fit in the RV and van lifestyle. My guest is Heather McDaniel. Heather is a fitness and nutrition coach, and she's actually helped me set up a few systems to stay in shape while I travel. Hey, Heather. Um, thanks so much for coming on and being a guest on the Solo Women RV podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So Heather, well, I know that you're a fitness coach, but let me have you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and your training, that kind of thing. Sure. I, my business is Invincible Women Fitness Academy. And what I do is I empower women to regain their strength, regain their health, regain their confidence. And I do that with online fitness and nutrition coaching. Awesome. So it's all online. Yes, that is correct. So anyone, I'm in Pennsylvania right now and I have clients all over. Awesome. Very cool. So when you say regain their strength, are you working with an older clientele or? Generally, generally 40 and up. Okay. Like 40 to 60 is, is that, is that range that I generally work with? Okay. That sounds great. I know you're not an RVer yourself, but I did want to invite you on to talk about ways that women in the RV lifestyle or camping or van lifing can stay healthy, stay in shape while we're traveling. And I know that a lot of us, when we are traveling, we do things like we go hiking, we kayak, we bike, that kind of thing. I just wanted to start out and ask, is that enough? It depends on what your goals are. I, there, are there are a couple of ways to look at it. The first thing is that how you define fitness, right? So some, for some people, hiking is definitely a form of fitness and that's plenty. That being said, there are certain aspects of, of fitness that you also want to incorporate. So for example, flexibility training, because your muscles get tight, especially if you're sitting in an RV for an extended period of time. Strength training is important, especially as we get older. And that's because we tend to lose muscle mass with age. Okay. Like it or not, it happens. And what strength training does, it increases your bone density and it also minimizes that impact of losing muscle mass over time. And plus, when you define fitness, you get to do what you, what you love. So right. ideally, you want to incorporate all of those aspects into, into your regimen. Okay. So now when you say strength training, what does that mean? You're not getting strength training when you're hiking or biking or kayaking? Not necessarily. You're using some muscle groups. Obviously you're using, you're using your legs, but you really want to have resistance in there as well, especially for the upper body to even things out. And also to, you're also working a little bit more efficiently. So, you know, yes, hiking is good, but I also recommend doing some form of resistance training, whether it's body weight work or what have you, just to get that extra, extra edge, if you will. And okay. you know, you'll find that a lot of the times when you develop, you know, when you incorporate resistance training, strength training, what have you, it, it, you become better and you're able to go further when you're hiking that you enjoy it a lot more. You're not sore. So okay. you know, yeah. <laughs> you're not as sore. You know okay. I mean? 
So, so yeah, so there, there are definitely, there are multiple aspects to it, but, but again, it comes down to what your goals are and what works for you. Got it. Okay. So what are maybe some small things that, that we can do when we are out traveling to incorporate resistance training into our lifestyle? Sure. And, and you had mentioned earlier, I don't have the, the RVing lifestyle, but I will say that for the past three years, I've lived in a studio apartment. Okay. And uh, of course, during the pandemic, that studio apartment became my living room, my gym, dining room, everything. Okay. And uh, so <laughs> I had to get very creative in terms of how do I utilize that space. And it's, I think I had like a, just enough space to, to develop, to stay, to stay on top of my fitness work. And so I, the suggestions that I have are, are heavily influenced by that experience. Yeah. We don't need to go to the gym. I haven't, I think I've been to a gym once or twice since the start of the pandemic. Okay. Um, So there are certain things that you can get and have on hand that you can utilize. So one of those things is going to be a fitness mat. And that's just more for comfort, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially if you're doing body weight exercises. Let's see, I recommend you could use a yoga mat, but you might find about a half inch mat is going to be a little bit more comfortable. Okay. uh, For you. The other thing that I like to use is a, a suspension trainer. And that's incredibly portable. Usually it comes in like a TRX, for example, and it's like strap based resistance training. Okay. That's so challenging. And that helps with strength and resistance is because um, number one, you're using your body weight, but it's, there's also a stability factor in there. So you're challenged a lot more. There's a big difference doing a push up on a stable floor then there is using, doing a pushup, using a suspension, using suspension trainer strap. So if you have a suspension trainer thing, you, you have to hook it to something. Yeah. Um, and you can hook it up to a tree. Okay. Yeah. Like a tree, or even if you have, let's say, like, let's say you have a rack on top of your RV, mm-hmm. um, you could hook it up to that. You know, as long as you generally want to have about you want something about six feet high. There was, there was a time, I mean, you can ha- go to a, like a local park and hang it on monkey bars. Yeah. I've, I've done that plenty of times, but yeah, generally about, I think six feet, depending on your personal height, but generally speaking, that's, that's about the sweet spot. Yeah. And then, so it's, it's manageable. So I uh, think one of the things I think that for working out is to make it be convenient. Otherwise, if I have to drive 20 minutes to go to the local park to hang my, my suspension weights or whatever, like that, I'm probably going to talk myself out of it. Are there other, is there other type of equipment that might be easier to use? Yeah. You could use resistance bands, mini bands, mini bands are great because you have different levels of resistance and you can stick them in your pocket with mini bands. Uh, There are like the longer bands that work just as well. And those you can carry anywhere and you can, you know, you really have to worry too much about hanging them somewhere unless you want to do pull downs. As far as like doing a workout like that, I know that you have your own classes and whatnot, but there are places, are there places online where someone could get a general idea of how to get started in this kind of a workout? 
in terms of doing it on their own or yeah. having, in Just, terms of doing it on their own, you know, I think the thing is really focus on what your goals are. Mm-hmm. That's really the starting point because the goals dictate everything else. It's kind of like the, what are your goals? Okay. What's the best way to achieve them? Can you just give me an example of what a goal might be for someone? Sure. So let's say for somebody, they want to improve their quality of life, right? Or they want to get stronger. So in that case, we would focus a little bit more on something that provides a little bit more resistance. So we might start off with, let's say, body weight training. And the other thing that you have to consider, too, is your starting point. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't make sense to start flipping tires (laughs) or doing like some kind of crazy, crazy workout if you're not ready for it. Yeah. So your your starting point might just be walking Uh and doing some light mobility work. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly fine for other people. They might thrive off of like something more intense. So like there, it's hard to say what's a very specific plan, but everything really stems from the goals. Gotcha. So what about someone who just wants to stay fit so that they can keep traveling and, and live a healthy lifestyle on the road? I would say be as active as you can. And do do things that you enjoy. And in that situation, I would suggest, you know, if hiking is your thing, pick the hiking. And if you can do a little bit of upper body work, that's great. Also, don't forget about the flexibility part Mm. and mobility part, because especially if you're driving around, you really have to undo the damage, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like the office jockeys right? People who sit all day. What happens is that your certain muscles will get weaker, certain muscles will get tighter, and you end up compensating for those imbalances. Okay. And those sorts of things lead to injury when you are active. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, well, obviously we, a lot of us sit for a long time. We do drive long distances. So what can we do on a day when we have a long drive to minimize a negative impact? I would do a couple of things. So number one, anything that will help tighten up your glutes. So there's an exercise called the glute bridge where you are lying you know, back on the floor and your knees are up, feet are flat. And all you're doing is just raising your butt off of the floor, something like that is a great exercise to do. And it also helps with hip extension because your hips get tight when you're sitting all day. Yeah. Uh, you might even feel it. It's like, oh man, like when you're getting out. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Feel a little bit tight. Anything to loosen up your hips. Okay. And anything to tighten up your, tighten up your glutes. Those are great things to do. And also the, another area that needs attention is the core torso. So any sort of ab work planks are kind of like the go-to for, for a lot of folks. Okay. So something along those lines depends on, yes, those are some examples, but you also, again, going back to, okay, what's your starting point and what are you capable of doing? Yeah. Okay. So Heather, I know that as we age, a lot of us um, will have issues with balance. Yes. So what are some things that we can do to improve our balance as we age or to stabilize our balance as we age? 
That's a great question. And it's, it's practice. Make it a daily practice, whether it's just a simple standing on one foot. Just do that a couple of times a day. Another thing that you can do is sort of like pivot at the hips and reach out. Like and just send one leg back. And let's see, there was an exercise that I like to do with clients when I would train them in person. It was just having them work with a tennis ball and just just one foot, try to pick up a tennis Pick up a tennis ball with your foot? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Oh. The ten- put it on the ground, but pick it up with your hands. But using, but using, using the stability of one, one foot. Oh, okay. One, you're standing on one leg. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Oh, so that's something good. like there yeah. are certain things that you can do, but it's, it's something, the thing with balance is that you have to work at it consistently. Yeah. Or to maintain it. It's not something that you can do like once a month or something. Mm. So if you can do it a few minutes every day, just something very simple, it makes a huge difference. So if we're out hiking over uneven terrain, is that working our balance? Yeah. Yeah. That, that will definitely challenge your balance. Okay. And what do you think about yoga? Love it. Okay. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Some people prefer that to like your traditional at the gym strength training and that's fine because you do have that resistance there and it's for some people, it's just, that's their preference and that's fine. Well, as there is a meme with van lifers doing yoga on the roof in a tiny bikini. So I'm sure there are a lot of women out there. will be glad to hear yoga is great. Yoga's great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. One of those stereotypes out there about van lifing. Well, thanks for that, for all that information. Is there anything else about fitness before we switch over to nutrition? You know, to me, it just goes back to doing what you enjoy. Mm, okay. That comes first. Yeah. Okay. And when you do stuff that you enjoy, you're going to do it on a regular basis. Okay. You get to define what fitness is for you. Yeah. That okay. I think is the most important thing. Yes, definitely you want to incorporate, you do want to incorporate some form of flexibility work in there. But again, it goes back to doing what you love. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, a lot of us are out here on the road doing what we love. Uh, hiking, biking, kayaking, swimming, all those things. And I think not only does that give us physical well-being, it also helps our mental well-being. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that is so unaddressed. Yeah. So it's that, it's that the piece that comes with that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a break here for a second, because I want to share about an opportunity that I'm very excited about. Are you like me and dreaming of an income stream or business that will allow you to RV more often or even full time? I want to share with you a community that I've been a part of for a couple of months now. Roadpreneur is a membership designed to help start or scale a business that will allow you to get out and explore while earning a healthy income. Kimberly Crossland, our leader, owns Cruising and Campfires and has been running her own location independent business for almost a decade. I cannot believe the value of this program. Here's some of what you get for a small monthly fee. Co-working sessions with other entrepreneurs, 
self-paced modules that help you set your business goals and grow your audience, bi-monthly expert talks, and a monthly Q&A and copy review with a professional copywriter, which in my opinion is worth the price of the membership in itself. Plus you get to be part of a community of others and me who are also building businesses. So you can have people to bounce ideas off of and cheer each other on. Listeners of the Solo Women RV podcast can sign up for a discounted rate for just $37 a month by going to roadpreneur.com slash solowomenrv. That's R-O-A-D-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. So come join us, roadpreneur.com slash solowomenrv. There is no long-term commitment. So even if it's not for you, you can leave at any time. Come join me and let's see what we can build together. Sweet. So now let's talk about nutrition a little bit. Yes. Uh, When you're traveling, you either in an RV or camping, it can be so easy to get like fast food or processed food that just needs to be heated up. What are some healthier alternatives for RVers and campers? It comes down to planning and preparation. Mm -hmm. That is going to be the key because a lot of the times when you don't have much of a plan, it becomes so much easier to grab the, the stuff that's not really good for you. Yeah. It's so having that plan in advance is going to determine your nutrition success. Okay. Um, that being said, let's talk about what's easy yeah. on the road. Yeah. So, and that's something that, how can you make it convenient? Mm-hmm. Right. So what are, what are some good things that, that I think work? And it depends on where you're going to be, what's going to be available as far as like, okay, do you have to cook things? Should you cut things and prep things in advance? All of those things are going to come into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ideally, you probably want to as much prep in advance, have everything in you know, bags if that's realistic. And this way you could just have things on the go. Right. Especially on travel days, if you're going camping for the weekend. I know if I'm just going away for the weekend or something like that, I like to cook in advance so that whatever I have, I just can heat it up. It comes down to how easy is it going to be to heat things up once you're there. Right. Well, if we're in an RV, we have a, usually have a Yeah, you, you, you kind of have that. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not backpacking here. I'm not talking to backpackers. I mean, there might be some women who backpack who listen to this, but we're mostly talking about car camping and RVing and um, living in and being in a van. So, so heating things up is we usually have some form of way to keep things cold and to heat things up. Right. So there's really not an excuse to just eat chips and dip or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about processed foods because they are so easy to come by. Why are they not good for us? The way I look at it is I, I actually think of something like a a mobile phone, Mm -hmm. right? This is, this is a manufactured device, right? Yep. Your food is just as engineered and just as manufactured as this phone. Okay. And you certainly would not eat this. Wow. Okay. So it's really like that much of 
Yeah, I mean, even it, it's engineered to the point of flavor. When so, I'll I'll tell you a little story. I grew up in New Jersey. Okay. And on this road, Highway Thirty Six in Middletown, there was a building that I would pass all the time, and it was like this big boxy square building. And every time I went past there, it smelled like perfume. And it was just like, there was a scent that came out of it. And years later, I learned what that building was. It's, I think it's like International Flavor and Fragrance, IFF. Wow, okay. And what they do is they engineer flavors that are in our food. So like they'll engineer flavors that are in the Big Mac. That's why wow. you have that consistent taste that's in the Big Mac. They'll engineer flavors for pretty much anything. Okay. So the goal is to get you to buy it again. Yeah. So that's my take on, that's only the, the tip of the iceberg as to okay. why processed foods are bad. Okay. So, uh, the other aspect is the nutritional value. Processed foods don't carry much nutritional value, if any. Mm -hmm. And so you really want to gravitate towards whole grains, minimally processed foods. To get more nutritional value. And that's, and that's a good way to judge if something is healthy or not. It's like, okay, how, how many stages did this have to go through from its you know, original state of being? Mm -hmm. Right. So like a cracker or a chip. Yeah. That's a long way from, you know, eat yeah. <laughs> or, or corn. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's just a good way to, to think about it. At least okay. to start thinking about it. And I think as you start to put that lens on, you might realize, oh, what a lot of things that I ate that I already eat, they're highly processed. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing that's uh, a big consideration with highly processed foods is that they're often loaded with sugar because that's how you maximize the flavor, that's how they get you. Yeah. You no, know, it's it's filled with they take out a lot of the fat, especially with like things that say, Oh, look, this has zero calories and fat. And that's marketing, right? That's designed to get you to buy because we're driven to think, oh look, that's bad. Or more protein is good. And so that's why you'll see all of these packaging, uh, the packaging with like, oh look, this has like five grams of protein, but it's like processed cheese and crackers. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Oh, yeah. look, it's healthy. No, it's not. Yeah. That's really good information to think about when we are reading packages. They, there's diet trends, obviously. And right now, high protein, low calorie is one of those big trends. So just because something says it has a lot of protein in it doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy and good for you. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. So what are maybe some good alternatives for some healthy snacks? When, like on a travel day? On a travel day, I personally, I've done, let's see, I would say something like cut up vegetables. If you can carry like an ice pack, just have some, for some people, it's going to be realistic for others. It's not. But I know when I was doing outside sales, for example, once upon a time, I would have a cooler just like a little, little lunchbox. So throw some ice in there and just have snacks on the go. And uh, so you can do something like 
butter, a little bit of peanut butter, some nuts, cut up vegetables. Those are just very easy things to do that you can just set aside and mind your portions, especially with the nuts because they're very calorie dense. Mm, yeah. So you might have a few handfuls and that's also because they're calorie dense. You generally want to keep it to like a small handful as opposed to several large handfuls. Gotcha. Yeah. So, but those are always, but again, they're good to have. Yeah. You know, fruit is another thing that you can have. Anything, I, going back to what I said earlier, the less processing that occurs, the better, but you don't have to be perfect either. You yeah. know, just go for something that's not a better step up from, let's say, what you were doing before. So if you were getting mm. fast food all the time, what's going to be the better choice that, than you were doing before? Got it. Yeah. I know when we're traveling a lot of times, also, if, we, if we're in a certain town and they're known for specific cuisine or something, we're going to want to go have it. If we're in Chicago, we've got to have the deep dish pizza. Or if we're in Memphis, we got to have the barbecue, right? So that's yeah, part of traveling. You also want to be able to enjoy yourself too. Yeah. Right? So one of the guidelines that I give to is I teach them skills to manage their portions mm. so they can still enjoy their, their food. It's like, oh, I'm in Chicago. I'm going to have, a, I'm going to go get some deep dish. Absolutely. But instead of getting like eating half a pie, they'll just have a slice. Yeah. And that's enough to you know, satiate them and let them enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. Is there any particular diet that you recommend people follow? Generally, no. And the reason why, and it's not that I'm anti-diet or whatever, people are going to find things that work for them. The thing is, is when you go to extreme, are you going to eat that way the rest of your life? That's the question that I ask before anybody goes on a diet. Mm -hmm. if you're not going to eat that way the rest of your life, don't do it because you're not really learning the skills to manage a healthy lifestyle. But what I focus on is the skill building aspect. How do you manage your portions? How do you listen to hunger cues? How do you, when when you're full and when you're not, how do you, that you're hungry again? How do you, if you're hungry because you're bored? Those are the things that I, that I work on with clients. And what I find is that it's much more Mm self-sustaining than doing a diet for a few months. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And again, you're not in, in that aspect, you're not denying yourself anything and you're still able to enjoy what you want for the most part. There, there are probably going to be some adjustments in there, but you still have room for play and for enjoyment. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Anything else about food and nutrition you wanted to speak to? Read the labels mm. and become a wise consumer. Question, question labels and question packaging. Okay. You hear people say that all the time, read the labels, but what are we looking for? That is an awesome question. I would say, look at number one, the quick guide to looking at a label is number one, 
the servings, the number of servings and what a serving actually is. And then you start looking at the rest of the numbers. Here's a great example. There was a, I think it was a granola that I, I got. And in there, the serving size was like a quarter of a cup. Mm -hmm. But that quarter of a cup had like 15 grams of sugar. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but I know I'm not going to eat a quarter of a cup. Yeah. Usually I would probably have probably half to three quarters of a cup. So that's three servings. That's 45 grams of sugar just for breakfast. Yeah. And that's not counting like if you wind up throwing milk on top of it or anything else on top of it. So that's just, you know, that's a very quick example of mm -hmm. what to look for. Got it. And then when you look at the ingredients, if you can't pronounce it, odds are it's highly processed. Okay. If, if you're like, hello, Dextro, who's you, what's it? Yeah, that's kind of processed. And is there like a good, I mean, everything is, is that's packaged, it's going to have some processing, right? So is there a good way to determine if something is overly processed? Like you can pronounce and the more things that you do recognize as actual food, the better. Okay. So if you look at peanut butter, for example, go for peanut butter. That's just like, okay, yeah, that's it. Uh -huh. You don't need anything else. There are peanut butters that have oil and this and that and the other thing. So that's, that's a way of looking at it. The more things that you can pronounce, the better. Awesome. Anything else about nutrition? I think we covered plenty. Yeah. Okay. You know, and, I, and I think, and again, these are just guidelines to use mm -hmm. um, as you're, as you're going out on the road. The other thing is Going back to what I said earlier, make a better choice. You don't need to go from where you are now to 100% eating raw vegetables one shot. Yeah. Take baby steps towards that. Consistently ask yourself, what's okay, if I'm going to go from fast food to over here, what's that better choice? What's like the next better step? The next step. That's a good way to look at it. Your body probably wouldn't be that happy with you either if you took a oh, and you enormous would just be crazy. So always just make that that slow progression and you're, you're still going to be able to enjoy yourself. It's kind of like training for like a race. You don't go out and yeah. run 12 miles right off the first day. You start out walking, maybe three, and then you start running, maybe one. And yeah, so little by little. Incremental changes will make a big difference. That is absolutely correct. Awesome. So on that note, let's talk a little bit about your Invincible Women Fitness Academy and what you do, how you work specifically with women to, to gain their strength and mobility and who would make a good client. And what are you looking for when you go to look, work with someone? Great questions. So let's see, where do I begin? So as, as I mentioned earlier, generally speaking, I work with women 40 on up. They do have some kind of exercise training experience. And the reason why that's, that's necessary is we are online. And mm. I do want clients to be have some sort of self-sufficiency. If you're a beginner, you're better off getting somebody in person 
So this way they can show you things like proper form and give you that confidence of, of strength training uh, at first. Let's see. The big thing is the willingness to learn mm. and the willingness to being open to suggest and the desire to have fun making these changes. Okay. You know, change, change is messy. Yeah. Right? Anytime we make changes, it's a sloppy, hot mess. You know, if we can make it fun and being open to changes and being open to making mistakes, that's fine. Those, those are the clients that I, I love to work with. Okay. Um, and I think with, with clients, I think that that willingness to have fun is super important. And there has to be some motivation to, to make that change. Got it. Very good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for coming on. Now, I know you have some big travel plans of your own coming up. Would you want to tell us about those? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So in about eight days, I can't believe it's eight days, I'm going to be on a plane to move to Spain. To Spain. Yes, I'll be in Galicia in the northwest corner of the country. And, and that's why that's why I love having the, the business online. Yeah, so you're moving. You're, you're not just going for a visit. You're moving to Spain. Yeah, that yeah. is correct. Yeah, okay. So you're definitely going to be able to uh, empathize with people who are making changes in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even just getting this far, mm-hmm. it required changes. It, yeah. will, it required like a major internal shift to get myself ready to, yeah. to do this. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had to confront a lot of stuff in the process. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. certainly been an adventure and I haven't gone anywhere yet. Well, I can't wait to hear more about, more about it as you're just getting ready to, to leap right now. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, okay, everything is, is the last minute. Okay. What do I have to do? What do I need to take care of? I think a lot of us who are getting ready to move into RVs can, can definitely relate to (laughs) the downsizing and taking care of all the things and that need to happen before you make a big move like that. Yeah. I mean, especially the downsizing part. I mean, I mentioned earlier that I was in a studio apartment. Well, that got downsized to two suitcases and a backpack. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you so much. Uh, Heather, where can people find you? You can find me online. Uh, website for Invincible Women Fitness Academy is iwfa.fit. You could also feel free to shoot me an email at heather at iwfa.fit. And if you want to check me out on Instagram, I'm followed by adventures there at iwfa.fitness. Okay. I'll make sure to link all those in the show notes so people can find it. Awesome. So thanks so much and safe, fun, amazing travels to you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Follow me for for the adventure updates because God knows I'm going to have plenty. Okay. Awesome. Thanks so much, Heather. I want to thank my guest, Heather, today. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, how you define fitness is up to you. Do you want to just be healthy or are you training for a big race? No one fitness program works for everyone, so find one that works for you and what your goals are. Number two, 
No matter what your goals are, strength training is important because as we age, we lose muscle mass. Number three, start where you are. Regardless of your fitness level, you can do something to improve. No matter what your diet, you can eat a little bit healthier. Number four, do things you like. You're not going to stick with a fitness or eating plan if you don't enjoy it. Number five, work on your balance a few minutes every day. And number six, read labels and look for food that's minimally processed and without a lot of sugar. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Solo Women RV podcast. You can find more content over at solowomenrv.com. That's our new website URL. And if you like what you heard today, please consider becoming a sponsor of the podcast. Details can be found over at anchor.fm slash Kathy hyphen Belge. Or if you heard something today that you think someone else would benefit from, please share this episode with them or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us and helps people find this podcast. Solo Women RV Podcast theme music is Field Station by Nicole Potolsky. And until next week, we'll see you out there on the road. <music>